The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. The message today is entitled, But We See Jesus. It's taken from the second chapter of the book of Hebrews, where we read that all things have been put in subjection under the feet of Jesus. And yet, from our perspective, we don't see all things put under his feet. To put it another way, even though all things indeed are under subjection to him, it doesn't appear that way to us as we look around us at the circumstances. And that's why it's important that instead of looking at the circumstances, we should look to Jesus. Or as Paul puts it in Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, but now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus. As long as we can keep our eyes on him, the circumstances won't matter. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Yeah. 
second chapter of the book of Hebrews. There's a couple of verses in here that I want to look at. As you turn there, I want to point out the fact that if you wanted to sum up the book of Hebrews in one word, the theme of the book of Hebrews, into one word, it would be the word better. Better. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ is better a better sacrifice than the sacrifices of bulls and goats. The economy of grace, the church age that we live in, is a better economy, a better time than the time under the law. Not that there was a problem with the law, it's just that the law was pointing them forward to what needed to be fulfilled, whereas now what was needed to be fulfilled has been fulfilled. The Lord Jesus Christ has come as the perfect Lamb of God. All the sacrifices of those Old Testament uh, requirements, the blood that was shed, it wasn't because they were just bloodthirsty. It was because it pointed them to the fact that blood would have to be shed in order for the sins of God's people to be put away. He starts off the, chapter, the, uh, the book of Hebrews. He starts off the book of Hebrews talking about Jesus. And we're going to probably go back to that at some point during, during the sermon tonight. And he... Um, and he continues building on that theme of the Lord Jesus Christ and who he was and what he did as we go into the second chapter. And in the second chapter, in the sixth verse, we're going to jump right in here in the middle of something, but hopefully we'll tie it in in the context and understand it a little better. We read that 
Paul, who I believe wrote Hebrews, says, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou hast visited, or that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, thou didst set him over the works of thine hands, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see not yet all things put under him. Now I want to stop right there, and, and I want to deal with this point that's been made right here because I believe it's a very important point to remember in our experience here on this earth. Notice what it says here in verse 8. And remember we're speaking of Christ here. If you have any questions about that, go back up to verse 6 and you'll see that when he starts out talking about man in general, he focuses us in on the Son of Man, the Son of Man, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. According to my my calculations, my studies, if I'm correct, don't hold me to this, the term Son of Man appears 88 times in 86 verses in the New Testament, and 84 of those references are by Jesus Christ himself, to himself, about himself. So we're talking about Jesus here. We're talking about Jesus who is the Son of Man. Now, Jesus is indeed the Son of God. We see that back all through the scriptures, but back particularly in chapter 1 of Hebrews, where it starts off in chapter 1 saying, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. In other words, in times past, before this time when Christ came, I sent words to you by the prophets, but now I'm going to speak to you by my Son. And this is what he says, He hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, whom He hath appointed heir of all things. Why is He heir of all things? Because He's the Son. Who inherits your property? Your children. Not someone else out there. When I die, the, uh, the, everybody out there is not going to be an heir of my property. My children will be heirs. It's the Son who is the heir of the things of God. He has appointed Him heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Let me stop right there just a minute. The first and perhaps primary characteristic of God that we read about in the scriptures is that God is the creator. If you want to know who God is, if you want to know if someone is God, see if they're the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? We're told that from the outset. So whoever created the heavens and the earth is God. It's a logical conclusion that we can come to. So, so what about the Lord Jesus Christ? There are religions out there that tell us that he was not originally the son of God. He was not originally a God himself, but he, he, he worked his way up to being a God. What about the Lord Jesus Christ? Here we see that he, uh, it, it is by him that he made the worlds. You don't have to turn that. Well, let's do turn that. Go back over to John, the first chapter, and we'll read a little bit about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's nothing put in the scripture just to take up space. There's a, there's a significance to every word in the scripture. 
And in this chapter 1 of John, the gospel according to John, he says, In the beginning was the Word. So first off, we already see that this capital W Word, which is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a name, if you will, for the Lord Jesus Christ, was there in the beginning. And, and, and here he goes on to describe for us who the Word was and what He did. He says the Word was with God, but not only was He with God, the Word, the word was God. He says the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and now as further proof of the Son of God's Godship, if you will, His deity, He says all things were made by Him. And without him was not anything made that was made. One of the characteristics, the primary characteristic, the first characteristic of God is that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Who is Christ? He is the Son of God and he's also, he also is God. Now, now that's from just these verses. You can turn over to 1 John 5, 7, and we read about the Trinity. It's not, the term Trinity isn't used in the Scripture, but the concept is taught throughout Scripture. He says there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father and the Word, capital W, Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. See, now don't ask me to explain all that, how, where one ends and the other begins. I don't think you can think of them in those terms anyway. And our finite minds can't comprehend it in the first place. But understand that we believe as our articles of faith, we've already talked about those have said, we believe in one God and that the, there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So we're talking about the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says back over in Hebrews 2, he says, Thou hast, verse 8, Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. Under his feet. As he wrote this, Paul is making a declaration that at this moment, as I write this to you, all things are in subjection under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to see as we continue to read that that includes death. That includes death. In fact, how is it that death can be under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ? How is it that death can be subject to him? It's because he was not subject to death. <laughs> now, wait a minute. He died. Yes. And there, therein lies the fact that he was the son of man. You know, as God, he couldn't die. That's why he became man, so that he could die. And by the way, even though he was totally and completely man, as if he were not God at all, he was also totally and completely God, as if he were not man at all. And there again, I can't explain it all to you, but I can believe it, because that's what the Word of God says. In fact, skip down to verse 14. He says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. You see, even death is subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, when they nailed him to the cross and his life's blood was shed there on the cross and he died, he gave up the ghost, he really died. 
That's why we don't believe in the Gnostics' view that he was just a spirit that came down and looked like a man. Or he was a spirit that came down and inhabited the body of a man. Or he was somehow man and God, but before he died, he dismissed his spirit and it went back to heaven. That's not what happened. He died. He died. He really died. He came in the flesh and he really died. And they really buried him. And it was indeed a borrowed tomb, but they buried him in a tomb nonetheless. And they rolled a stone in place in front of that tomb. But after three days, what happened? After three days, death could not hold him. The tomb could not keep him. The rock could not hem him in. It was rolled away. It was a very large rock. We're told that for a reason. It was a, power, it was a heavy rock. It was something that just a man or someone uh, just couldn't easily move away. But the Lord could not be held by it. You know why? Because he was not subject to death. Because death, in fact, is made subject to him. Now, that's right now. That's Paul is writing. He says, thou hast put all things under his feet. He goes on, as I said, to tell us that he destroyed death. He, he Through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So as I'm speaking to you tonight... As Paul was writing this some 2,000 years ago, all things, including death, are subject or in subjection under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's a little problem with that. There's a little issue with that. And he's, we see that in the last part of that verse. Notice the but there. But now... We see not yet all things put under him. Now, wait a minute, Paul. You just told us that all things are in subjection under his feet. That's a fact. That's an eternal fact that cannot be changed. It's immutable. But that's not my experience, Paul. From my perspective, I don't see that in the circumstances of my life. That's what Brother Mike was talking about last Saturday morning, is that in our experience, we don't see all things put under his feet. In fact, they are. But have you lost a loved one lately? If you haven't lately, you may soon. <laughs> if the Lord tarries, someone in your family is going to die. If the Lord tarries long enough, you're going to die. And I'm going to die, and I can't stop it. You had trouble at work lately? You had trouble that somebody treating you in the wrong way? Have you seen wicked men in this world acting wickedly and doing wicked things? That's not according to the will of God. That doesn't look like they're under subjection, in subjection under His feet, does it? Have you seen tornadoes? I saw a tornado on the news that hit somewhere like Michigan. They don't have tornadoes in Michigan. Something's up with that. This doesn't sound like all things are under the subjection of the feet of Jesus, does it? It doesn't look that way. Tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes and troubles and wars and rumors of wars. And my goodness, the wickedness of man is rampant, is it not? We see one weekend here a while back we had four what they call mass shootings or public shootings, one in a church out in California. Paul, you're telling me that all things are in subjection under his feet? That is not my experience in life. 
When I look around me, I do not see that. My eyes are telling me something different because when I look around me, it seems like in the halls of Congress, they're just scrambling every day to do worse and worse and worse against the kingdom of God. Troubles and trials abound. So what, what's up with that? Well, he's already given us a little insight into the fact, as we've already talked, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ is the Son of Man. And as the Son of God, who is also the Son of Man, He came down to this world and He lived a perfect life. He walked the roads of this dusty, sin-cursed world. And He went to Calvary and He died to successfully put away the sins of His people. He is a successful Savior, okay? Okay, that, now, now herein, we're not seeing all of these things under his feet. We're not seeing all the troubles of life being put away. So, so when we look, what is it that we can see? He says in the next verse, but we see Jesus. You see, Paul sets up a problem here, and he gives us a solution immediately. He says, all things are in subjection under his feet, but we don't see all things in subjection under his feet yet. So what is it that we can see, Paul? We see Jesus. You see, this is the answer for our problem. We look around us in a horizontal view, and the circumstances of our life do not seem to indicate that Jesus is on the throne and that all things are in subjection under his feet. But the problem is we're looking in the wrong direction. Our view is horizontal when it ought to be vertical. Because <laughs> see, the thing is, what we should be looking at and what we should be seeing is not the circumstances of life. Our eyes must get off of those circumstances and they should get onto Jesus. We don't see all things. We see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus. So what is it about Jesus that makes this view so much superior to the view that we have under the sun? You go back to the book of Ecclesiastes sometime and you read that book. But be ready when you read that, but don't, don't stop to the end. <laughs> if you stop before the final chapter, you're going to have nothing but a negative view of everything that's going on around you. Because it starts off in a real uplifting way, doesn't it? Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. <laughs> and he goes on to prove it through his experience. Vanity just means emptiness. We're told that the, the preacher there, Solomon, we believe, was going out and he says he, he lived his life under the sun, looking for happiness under the sun, looking for wisdom under the sun, looking for knowledge under the sun, and he determined that all things under the sun are vanity. But what did he finally say was not vanity? What was it that he came upon uh, in his experience here that he finally left us with? As I said, don't stop before the 12th chapter. In the 12th chapter, he ends up with the very final two verses of the whole book there. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is the whole thing that, God, that Solomon found out to be true. It's the conclusion of all of his studies, of all of his experience here under the sun trying to find happiness and contentment and peace under the sun. And here's the answer. Fear God and keep His commandments. 
for this is the whole duty of man. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.